Hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Technology Uncorked. My name is Jeff Quattromani, and this show is brought to you by Navman. Now, whether you need something permanent in the car, you want something vertical, you want something to monitor the front, you want something to monitor the back, or you want something that's perfectly fixed to the type of car that you drive, Navman do have a dash cam for you. And I mean, not just for you, but for anybody on any budget in any kind of vehicle. They really have got the entire range sorted. Now, their latest model is uh, one, one of my favorites is called the Alta. It's a vertically mounted dash cam, meaning it sits so nice and neatly in front of that rear vision mirror, making sure it captures everything that's happening in front of you without being in your vision. It's not sitting there, something that you can always see and it's obstructing your view while you're driving. It's nicely hidden away and very, very petite. Even the rear camera is as petite as the front. Now, this entire range from Navman does need to be seen to be believed. I do encourage people to go to websites like Dashcams Australia on Facebook and watch videos. Go on YouTube and look at Dashcam videos. Look in that bottom left and right-hand corner and look for the brand. The good ones generally are from Navman and they're branded accordingly. And they even usually tell you the make and model. So if that's the case, you should hopefully find what kind of footage you're actually going to get. And that's what really matters. Can you read the number plates? Can you work out the make and model of the car? Can you see in the shadows in the darkness? This is the difference between a Navman and any other dash cam. To have a look at the entire range, head to navman.com.au, make the right choice for you and for your vehicle, even if it's a motorbike. Let's go on with the show. Rasembrasma Jeff Quattromani, multi-Australian in Sydney. Tech expert Jeff Quattromani. Jeff Quattromani, thank you very much from Sydney. Jeff Quattromani is here. And now it's time to talk technology with Jeff Quattromani. Jeff Quattromani. Hello everybody, thanks for tuning in. What the heck? Let's talk tech. And good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whenever it is that you are tuning in. Welcome. Welcome to Australia's number one technology podcast. I am your host and I'm half conscious, half awake. I woke up very, very early this morning uh, to be able to hear all that Apple had to talk about, all that Apple had to say about their new Apple Watches and new iPhones. They didn't talk about many, many other things, not even services per se, mostly a device event. If you were expecting more, you'd be disappointed. If you had heard the rumors, you'd have found that the majority of them were true and there weren't too many surprises. We're going to go through everything that Apple have announced. This is going to be a very Apple-focused episode, so I apologize to those who do not care. I'll speak to you again next week. But for those who are interested, let's get straight into it. Now, I normally do start with a glass of wine. Uh, given my lack of sleep, uh, I'm having a coffee, and I hope you'll indulge me while I sip on a double espresso to keep the show on the road. Now, Apple started out of the gate. Um, I think Tim Cook, he said something along the lines of, today we're going to talk about Apple Watch and iPhone. So, pens down, we knew exactly what we were going to get. And the Series 9 is the one that we are kicking off with. And, you know, the Series 9, you know, it does start at $649 now. So it is, I guess, their entry level. They do have the Watch SE, uh, but that didn't receive particular updates this time. Now, the Apple Watch Series 9 does, however, bring some interesting features. And I want to rattle off a couple of things that I could identify. Now, first of all, I say identify because on the outside, there's no difference. Uh, yes, there's some new watch bands, but they also work with any other Apple Watch. Uh, but I think it was one of their heads of marketing or whoever it was that took the scene at one point and she said it has been redesigned on the inside. So pretty much it's like saying that you've gone and done a course. Uh, I've learned something, but you can't tell by looking at me. So that's what we're going to get with the Series 9. You're not going to see any hardware changes, the digital crown or anything like that. Uh, it's the same. 
However, what exactly does it mean to redesign from the inside? And a couple of things that caught my eye. One is that you can now use Siri on the watch um, to do health queries and input data. So say, for example, you're talking to, to Siri. You could ask how you slept last night and you get some feedback into that or maybe even how many steps have I done today? How close am I to closing my rings? But you could also say, hey, Siri, I now weigh 125 kilos and it would import that data into your log. Um, there are other female things that you can say, um, such as it's that time of the month kind of thing. Um, I don't know what happens if you say that as a man. Maybe it says, hey, anyone can have that now. But anyway, so that's now built into the device and Siri will also work on the chip, meaning it doesn't need an internet connection or even a connection to your smartphone to accommodate a lot of those kinds of questions and requests, which is really interesting that if you're going for a run in the wilderness with no reception, you could still ask how many steps you've done so far and it would give you that information without needing an internet connection to tell you. So that's kind of cool. However, the display is really what's exciting because if you've ever used it in bright sunlight, you might think that the display is dim. Well, it's now got 2,000 nits of brightness. Uh, they say that's double the previous model. So that means it should be very, very bright. But on the flip side, when you're in the cinemas, for example, and you do want to check the time and you light up the whole room, uh, to avoid that, the brightness can now drop to one nit of brightness. And that means that you'll be able to check the time without glaring the whole place out. And I think that's an also a very nice and considerate thing for them to do. Now, one of the big things that they did announce and is getting a lot of attention is this feature called Double Tap. Now, what it means is that with the hand that you're wearing the watch on, you can pincer your index finger and your thumb. So you're probably doing that now as I'm telling it to you. It's like the OK sign that we would do from a distance. Um, if you were to make that action with the Apple Watch, with this feature enabled, it would help you answer a call. So if there's a call coming through on your watch, but your hands are full, so you can't tap the watch to hit the answer button, do a pincer movement. I hope I'm saying the right word, pincer movement. I'm saying double tap. And that will basically mean that you can start triggering your calls. It could be to play a song. It could be to do anything like that. So this ability to do that is fantastic. Did you hear that? Siri chiming in. Um, so what that basically means is that by doing that double tap, you'll be able to do a gesture to hopefully acknowledge or act on something that's happening on your screen, including, say, for example, using the camera remote trigger. A lot of people who take group shots would know that you can use your Apple Watch to take photos on your iPhone. You could do that with the double tap feature. Now, one thing I'm going to say about this, though, is it's not new. And I don't mean that other brands have done it. I don't know what other brands have done. But Apple had this feature since the Apple Watch Series 4. And I only know this because of all the things that I do get invited to attend with Apple, um, accessibility is one of them, where they talk to me about things that are good for the deaf, good for the blind, and so on. And I've seen this feature demonstrated for those who only have one arm. And the reality is, is that there are a lot of people out there who don't have uh, two arms or mobility in both of them. So when they're wearing an Apple Watch, the way that they interact with it is limited to what they can do. Um, and accessibility features already exist in that sense. So if you wanted this feature and you don't have the Series 9, you can actually still have it. Even though they said this is exclusive to the Series 9, um, I'm pretty sure they won't be turning off the accessibility version of it because with the accessibility version of it, so anyone listening up who's got a Series 4 and above, um, you can actually scroll, you can navigate your Apple Watch, you can select 
or with the hand that you're wearing the watch on. And that literally is by doing, say, a gripping um, motion with your wrist, um, doing the pincers, doing all that sort of stuff can actually interact you with the watch. So double tap gesture is new for series nine, but trust me, the actual methodology of it is not new. That's a series four and above feature for accessibility. So do jump into accessibility and you'll find that if you do have an Apple Watch. Now there is some ultra wideband upgrades to the Apple Watch as well. And that will obviously help you find things, including people faster. Um, and that was one thing that they did talk about a little bit in the event, I guess, bringing in the technology you've seen in the Apple AirTags uh, now into the watch. And later we'll talk about that also being in the iPhone 15 furthermore as well. So um, one of the things that they said is that the integration is getting deeper amongst their other Apple products. And one example was their HomePod. Uh, if you have bought a HomePod and made that, I guess, bad decision, uh, then you, when you approach your HomePod, you're within range of your HomePod, your Apple Watch will immediately open the Apple Music uh, app so that you can start to interact with your HomePod because that might naturally be what you'd want to do anyway. If it was already playing, you would be able to see what's playing on your watch um, and you could then play, pause, skip, whatever it is from your watch. Pretty handy, a nice convenience measure. I like it. So that's kind of cool in my respect. I think that's fine. Now, beyond all of that, that was really it. The other big thing for those who are cyclists out there, um, there are now the ability to use your Apple Watch to interact with all those Bluetooth cycling accessories. That means so you can measure things like cadence, velocity, and so on. Cyclists out there, if you're listening, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That will now work with your Apple Watch independently. So if you don't, again, if you don't have your uh, your phone with you, which it would normally be connected to, then it will now work with this. So that's that's pretty much the thing around Apple Watch. As I said, it's starting at $649. Um, the Apple Watch SE continues to start at $399. Um, so that's really the Apple Watch. Now, yes, they did also announce the Ultra 2. So the Ultra 2 is a very, very expensive uh, smartwatch. That one starts at $1349 or $1399. Crazy, crazy, crazy money. Um, but the changes are not visible either. Uh, so it sounds like they're going to embrace all of those things that I've mentioned. I think the brightness, however, goes from 2000 on the standard new Apple Watch um, to 3000, meaning this thing can get super bright for when you're, I don't know, in a place where it's where you're standing on the sun, you'll be able to still see your Apple Watch to tell you that. Um, there's also some new things to try and help you interact with um, scuba equipment, understand your depth and things like that by just glancing at your Apple Watch Ultra 2. Uh, but yeah, beyond that, it looks the exact same. If you had spent over $1,000 on the Ultra 1, I would be very nervous if you had the sanity to also upgrade to the 2 because I don't really see the point. But if you're in the market for an ultra premium smartwatch that looks bigger and bulkier, then the Ultra 2 might be the watch for you. Both of these devices will be available September 22nd. You can go and pre-order those now. If you're looking for a leather band, you will not find one. Apple is banning leather. They're done with the cows. They're tired of hurting the cows. Uh, they are done with leather. So if you want rubber, if you want wool, if you want recycled plastics, all that sort of stuff, it's gone green, 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 and leather is is out. Um, I like leather. I think leather bands on a watch look quite good. It looks quite dressy, but no more leather. That's just sad. Um, and the, oh, the last thing I should have mentioned was battery life. On the Apple Watch Ultra 2, you can get 36 hours, which does get you past bedtime. And that might be the main reason to go and buy the Apple Watch Ultra. Now, after this, let's talk about iPhone, iPhone 15, iPhone 15 Plus, iPhone 15 Pro, and iPhone 15 Pro Max. Right up there.
and the fanfare continues of the Apple event. And we did hear about the iPhone 15. Now, the rumors, were they true? Yes, they were true. Now, what was the rumors? Well, it was the rumor that the EU had uh, demanded that all tech companies fall into line and start providing USB-C onto smartphones, laptops, headphones, and so on. Um, this wasn't an idea. This wasn't a direction that Apple was going towards. In fact, Apple fought against it, uh, despite mentioning in the announcement today that, hey, this is the way that we're going. This is the way that things are moving. We are, we are choosing to do this. No, no, you were forced to do this, Apple. Um, get in line and be compliant. Now, it's fantastic. It's actually fantastic. It means that when you have friends and family around, when someone gets into your car, uh, all those awkward situations, if you need a charge, you will have a charge because everyone will have the same cable. Uh, you won't have to go to conferences anymore and pick up those little dongles that have the three uh, tips on them for charging all the different devices in your world. Everyone will just be USB-C forever, um, but until the next charging platform comes along or the next connecting platform comes along. Now, I think it's exciting and I'm happy that they're doing it. The iPhone 15 and above will all have it. They also made a very quick mention about the AirPods. The Gen 2 AirPods Pro uh, is now available with USB-C charging. It was previously the Apple Lightning connector, um, but that happened immediately. No other changes to the AirPods except for the charging connector iPhone 15. iPhone 15 is exciting for a couple of reasons and very boring for a number of others. Now, it is exciting because it now has the digital island that came on the iPhone 14 Pro, and that basically means that the notch is now reduced to an island uh, around the little speaker where you would normally hear people talking to you on the phone, those people who do make phone calls. There is now a sort of black ring around that, but the way that iOS has been designed to make use of it is very innovative, and the digital island does make a lot of sense. Sadly, we haven't seen a lot of apps really make use of the digital island. Now, a lot of the embedded apps, such as your timer, Apple Music, and so on, do make use of it, and you can certainly appreciate that. But I haven't seen a lot of other apps, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, um, Spotify, whoever, make use of the digital island in the way that it could be. However, at least now, it's available for the entire iPhone range, except for the SE. Um, but that's fantastic. They've added a 48 megapixel camera to the rear and it's got a two times telephoto. Now, I don't know if it was clever marketing or not, but when they were talking about how it how they justify it being two times, it sounded more like cropping. It really did sound like they said, well, because we've got 48 megapixels, we can make use of the pixels and zoom it in times two and you'll get closer to the subject. To me, that sounds like a digital zoom and they're just discarding the rest of the image uh, because then they talked about how easy it would be to shift from two times to one times to 0 0.5 because in my mind, it's a digital function. It's not actually changing lenses. However, there are two lenses on the back, one being wide angle and one being the 48 megapixel camera. So is it really a two times telephoto? Maybe, but probably not two times optical. And I think that's an important point that Apple didn't really want to uncovered there. However, the iPhone 15 and iPhone 15 Plus does come in the same 6.1 and 6.7 inch displays. I actually think it would still fit into an iPhone 14 uh, and probably 13 case if you did have one and wanted to recycle it. You would, however, need to remember that the charging port has changed. That won't probably change the case itself. Now, beyond that, yes, there is an improvement in brightness as well. Uh, it's gone up to 2000 nit just like the Apple Watch Series 7. Uh, and that's, I guess, exciting for anyone who has that. But it also comes now in a range of colors. There is a pink, there is a yellow, there is a green, uh, there is a, a sky blue, and then you've got your normal black and white that everyone will actually buy. Uh, I think 
It's great that they have colors. I just don't see a lot of them around. And I think most people, if they want to personalize their devices, they're buying a case. That just seems normal. One cool feature that they have added into photography is that you can shift the focus after the fact. Now, I have seen this on other devices, but we're not going to compare today. Um, in this example, if you've taken a shot and there is you in the foreground and somebody else in the background, for whatever reason, you want the person in the background to be in focus, you can now do that in post. So very simple. You can just tap and refocus the photo and you're back to having maybe what you wanted to begin with. So that's kind of fun. Yes, it's got an updated processor. It's got the A16 Bionic chip. Um, it's got better processing. It's got better graphics. It's got better performance, yada, yada, yada. I don't get excited by those things because I don't know if anybody has ever said to me, Jeff, my iPhone is slow. I can't run Instagram. I mean, no one's ever said that from an iPhone. Even if you had an iPhone 7 today, you're probably still saying, yeah, it just works. It works fine. One cool thing that was exciting to me about the iPhone 15 section or segment was when they talked about emergency SOS fire satellite. This was announced last year. It came to Australia. There's been amazing uh, stories that have come out of people who've been saved by able to use the emergency SOS function. But not every scenario when you're traveling without phone coverage is an emergency. Uh, Apple has partnered with the AAA, which is a, I guess, the NRMA of the US, where if you are just stuck, your roadside, you've got a flat tire, your car's broken down, but you can't make a phone call, there is now going to be a roadside assistance uh, segment of the SOS via satellite feature. And that means that you could have a menu system, you type in what the issue is, or you select the options of what the issue is, and then your GPS location and everything else is shared with the AAA, and they will hopefully find you and fix you and get you back on the road. That is guaranteed to come to Australia, in my view. If the NRMA and others are not already talking uh, to Apple, they probably will be after today. Uh, that's a really great idea because in Australia, we do have a lot of black spots, and it's not whether you're with Telstra or others. There is just generally a lot of black spots across this huge country that we live in, and I cannot wait to hear that roadside assistance via satellite is now going to be a feature, probably just for iPhone 14 Pro and 15 and 15 Plus and so on, but hey, it's a step forward and I'm excited by that. Now, iOS 17 obviously comes standard on these devices, um, but it will be available for all of you. If you've got an iPhone, I think beyond iPhone iPhone 8, I think iPhone 8 and above will be getting it this year. Um, everyone gets that treat from September 18th, and that's something to be excited about. Now, the price of the iPhone 15 has gone up by $100 over the 13 or 14, sorry, of last year. Uh, $14.99 is now the entry level for an iPhone 15. Yes, you can get an iPhone SE for less, but $14.99 is a pretty expensive price for a base model phone. 128 gigs of storage, up to 512, as well as available in the 15 Plus. Now, I think that's a high price to pay for a standard iPhone these days. I would have loved to have seen it actually go down, but maybe the cost of a USB-C charging port has really tipped the scales. I don't know. Where we start to shift gears, though, is the 15 Pro. And the iPhone 15 Pro and 15 Pro Max uh, do also come in the same new sizes or the same sizes as before, 6.1 and 6.7. They have three cameras on the back just like they did last year. One of those is that 48 megapixel camera. Fantastic. Um, they talked a lot about the camera and they talked a lot about you using it in professional settings. In fact, they even showed demonstrations of it being used in a photo shoot, like the full get up, all the lighting, all the special, special works, but you're standing there with an iPhone taking the shot. That's probably happening 
um, for that photo you want to put on social media. But trust me, there's no company out there that does photo shoots for magazine covers and catalogs and uh, billboards and whatnot who is now looking at this going, hey, we can throw all those expensive cameras in the bin and just get an iPhone? Why didn't we think of that before? I mean, I love the fact that they've got the ambition that they could be doing that on an iPhone 15 Pro, but that's probably not the use case that most people have it. Most people are using their phones just to shoot photos of their friends and family, uh, landscape photos, put it on Instagram and socials and say, ta-da. Now, the other thing that does uh, excite me about the iPhone 15 Pro is that it's got a five times optical lens. This is a real one, um, and this means that it does now come on par with other smartphones in the range that have a five times optical zoom. So yes, there are others out there that have even more than five times optical, but this is an amazing step forward for Apple because they've been very far behind um, in that respect, that they just couldn't get close to objects from a distance, and that sucks. So now that they have that, if you're an Apple person, you've been sticking with them, you'll now have a feature that a lot of people have been begging for for a long time. Now, it does have continue with the digital island. It has got the USB-C charging. However, the USB-C port is a faster version of USB-C, meaning it can transfer files from the phone to a computer at a much faster speed than the iPhone 15. I don't know how many people, again, have tried to drag and drop a photo or a video and been upset with how long it takes, but when you're a professional and you're using a professional phone for photo shoots and whatnot, like Apple thinks you will, then that's a benefit. The other thing to note with the camera is spatial video. Now, as we start to move towards this world where people are buying the Apple Vision Pro, which is their virtual reality type headset, um, there is this idea about having immersive video, which is almost like you feel like you're in the video, where it's not just you shooting a video from afar and then watching it on a screen. When you're watching it in a more immersive, immersive, immersive? <laughs> immersive experience, uh, it will feel like you were actually there again and in that moment again. The cameras on the iPhone 15 Pro and Pro Max will allow you to shoot spatial video. Now, spatial video does rely on two lenses, within that iPhone 15 Pro, and it does means it can't be done on the iPhone 15 or any other previous device, but it does mean that you could start capturing footage. And that hopefully would then mean that if you were in the market for a Vision Pro, you would have content to watch on it from day one. Beyond that, it has no relevance to anybody else out there. When you share that, a spatial video on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, whatever it is, no one will see that immersion. It is purely a VR experience only built for Apple devices at this point. It could go a lot of ways, and I guess it's Apple sort of showing that step forward, but it's not necessarily showing a lot of excitement for me. They have gotten rid of the silent ringer switch. Now, we said that this would happen as well. Where the volume rocker is on your iPhone, above that is a switch that you flick from silent to loud mode on your iPhone. The iPhone 15 Pro and Pro Max have changed it. The iPhone 15 have not. It's still a switch. So if you want to have it as a button, that's now been enabled on the Pro. And what that means is that button can be programmed to do other things. Yes, it's exactly like we spoke about what happened. So it could still be used to turn your phone onto silent or loud, but it could also be used to turn the flashlight on, to trigger a, um, a skill or to open a different app, whatever it could be. It will now be possible with the button. I think that's a brilliant idea. For me, it's probably going to be flashlight. Um, I turn that on every day. Every day I use the flashlight on my phone but I always have my phone on silent. So I never need to touch that switch if I had an iPhone. Um, so for me, that button would become the flashlight. I would be curious to see when it comes out how sensitive that button is 
and how easily it could be triggered in your pocket. Because depending on the action that you program it to be, you don't want it to be, I guess, pocket dialing um, what those functions are. So I'm hoping that the button is very recessed within the frame so that while it is sitting in your pocket, you're not accidentally going to turn the flashlight on, call somebody, trigger SOS, whatever it could be, whatever you've got a program to do. Um, I would hope that that's something that they've considered. And I would probably assume that they have. Uh, if not, the case will add the girth to it and that will probably hide the button for you regardless. Um, look, beyond that, there is updated chipsets in this as well. There's more power in this, even more power than the iPhone 15. Um, they've also got, uh, what's the thing I was going to say? It's got, it's got 5G, but it's also got uh, Wi-Fi 6E now as well, which was a good addition to see. Again, kind of bringing them back into line with a lot of others, uh, but that was a nice thing to see. Beyond that, I think that was really all we could get too excited about with the iPhone 15 Pro, except for one more thing. It's now made of titanium, and that's pretty darn cool. Titanium, heavily used in medical devices, in space um, equipment, those kinds of things for a couple of reasons. A, it's extremely strong. B, it's very light. So they say that the iPhone 15 Pro is, as a result, lighter than previous generations, despite having extra bells and whistles. Um, that's an exciting thing. And it actually looks really, really good. I think when you look at the press photos um, or anything that people are sharing online of the iPhone 15 Pro, it does look pretty sophisticated. It looks really darn sexy. Titanium is a gorgeous piece of material. Um, so I'm excited by that part. I think it looks great. It does obviously come at a cost. The iPhone 15 Pro starts at $849, um, starts again at a base storage of 128 gig, but it does go all the way up to one terabyte. The iPhone 15 Pro Max will start at $2199, um, and that also goes up to one terabyte as well. So you can almost spend close to $3,000 on the iPhone. I did do the, the whole sums and click the buttons. Uh, $2,800 is the most expensive iPhone that you can get. Uh, but, I mean, they've added a lot more to the iPhone 15 Pro now. I think for me, I still would struggle with the $1,800 price tag. It's a significant amount of money to spend on a smartphone in today's world. Um, I do love that it's got some features that bring it up to par with uh, competitive phones in the market. If you're in the iPhone camp, then you have no other alternative. But I would kind of hope that the SE is updated very, 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 very soon because the iPhone SE sucks at the moment in terms of what it has um, against its competitors, even at that same price point. I would almost suggest that the iPhone 14 should just be rebranded as the SE um, but we're still lacking a lot of things in that sense. You still have the notch, you still have the old charging connector and so on. Now, inside the box on both of these um, styles of iPhone, you will get the USB-C charging cable. It's USB-C to USB-C. If you don't have the brick that matches a USB port already, because maybe you're coming from an older iPhone that had a charging brick with a USB-A port, you will need to buy a new brick as well. Now, you could get a Belkin one, you could get an Apple one, you can do what you like. Apple is also selling a lightning to USB-C charger, or not charger, adapter. So if you have um, other iPhone accessories that did connect through the lightning connection, uh, there is an adapter for $50 that Apple will sell you that converts it to USB-C, um, and that might get you on your way. It wouldn't be smart to use it just to continue using your existing charging cables. At 50 bucks, you can just buy a new one. But if you've got accessories that plug into your current iPhone and you're worried about how that will work with your new iPhone, that will now be an option. One other thing I do I do want to mention before I forget is that the iPhone can now charge 
other USB-C accessories, such as those AirPods Pro with the USB-C connection, you can use that existing USB-C to USB-C cable that comes in the box to go from your iPhone to your Apple AirPods and provide some juice. I think that's a pretty nice and friendly thing to do. Um, because the AirPods can be wirelessly charged, if you have any other branded device, you can actually do wireless reverse charging on that device. So you can share your battery with AirPods if you wanted to for somebody else as it is. But Apple's now added it through a cable and that's fine by me. Beyond that, both of these types of phones, uh, I guess there's four phones in the range, the iPhone 15, iPhone 15 Plus, iPhone 15 Pro, iPhone 15 Pro Max. All of this is available September 22nd as well. So if you're in the market for a new phone, you could be rushing out to go and get one of those today, or you could be holding off and getting or waiting to hear what Google have to talk about in early October. Either way, they're new phones, they're glossy, they look good. Will anyone notice that you've got a new iPhone 15? Maybe not. Would someone notice you've got an iPhone 15 Pro? I think so. I think the titanium is visibility enough that something has changed. Once you put a case on it, that all disappears. But if you're someone who runs their phones naked, iPhone 15 Pro is going to stand out. It's going to look great in the club. It's going to look great at work. It's going to look very classy. Um, you just have to spend $1,800 to have the privilege. You've listened to Technology Uncorked. This is bringing you up to speed on the Apple event. I will speak to you again next week with probably less Apple and more other things. Uh, there's probably a lot that we could have talked about this week, but hey, Apple does know how to steal a show, and they certainly did this week. Did we expect more from Apple? Probably. Would I have liked to hear about more services? Anything else happening in Apple Music, Apple Fitness Plus, anything else? There probably could have been. There probably could have been something else that Apple mentioned. Um, but they spoke about, oh, the environment. That was one thing there. They're doing good in the environment. They're doing good stuff there. Um, and they got rid of leather, which is sad. I'll speak to you again next week, guys. Bye-bye.